Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Uh, <laughs> that's my, uh, you ever hear your nervous laugh? <laughs> uh, listen, here's how we're going to handle this today. Paula and Joe were both wondering, how are we going to run with this today? And you know what the best way to handle scenarios like this are? By just telling people the truth. I'm going to give you the good news. I'm going to give you the bad news. I'm going to give you the really bad news and potentially the really good news. Fair enough? There is some good news. I'm also going to give you the path here. If there is a path for the president to win re-election, which there is, I'll give it to you. But I'm not going to lie to you either. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Get yourself a VPN today and stop online eyeballs from prying on what you do online. Surf the web in peace. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. After a long night and very little sleep for Paula, me, and Joe. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Yeah, I'm okay, but I'm a little tired too. I ended up staying up a lot of the night. Yeah. Which I usually I don't do for anything. And, uh, I know mm-hmm. you being, you know, listen, folks, neither me nor Joe nor Paula or Drew, pretend we're not journalists. We're opinion people. We have strong opinions. Yeah. And last night, Arizona hurt us bad. Uh, you know, thank you to the conservatives that got out and voted and the Republicans. But mm-hmm. the people who voted, uh, you could have decided the presidency last night, Arizona. You really hurt us bad. Cindy McCain and others, these, these turncoats. I mean, just what a disaster. This race could probably could have been over today if Arizona would have done would have done the the responsible mm. thing and voted for the guy, not looking to terminate life in the womb, destroy the economy, lock it down, and all that other stuff. But let me get into the show first. All right, all right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Tommy John. Gosh, I needed them last night. I had to lounge out after a while. Push yourself to the edge. Go beyond. Seek discomfort. No pain, no gain. All true. But not in your pants. Let's get real. Like real comfortable in Tommy John underwear. From working hard to playing hard, when you start every morning in Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable. So you can do everything better. That's why Tommy John underwear doesn't just have customers, they have converts. I was a big fan of Tommy John long before they became a sponsor. Because with dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John's, you won't go back. With breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands, it moves with you, not against you. I work out in them, you sleep in them, you roll around with them every day. Paula loves them too, which is a nice plus. Tommy John underwear comes with a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. The legs never ride up and you're covered with their no wedgie guarantee. The only downside to Tommy John is once you buy a few pairs, they'll constantly go to the top of your underwear drawer. You won't want to wear any other underwear ever again. They're listed on GQ's latest 10 essentials with Kevin Hart. They have over 96% four-star plus reviews and over 12 million pairs sold. But you have to try them for yourself because Tommy John underwear just feels really, really good. Feel free, barely there. It's like going commando without the risk and their best pale you ever wear guarantee means there's no risk for you. Try Tommy John. If you don't love them, they're free. Get that much more comfortable at tommyjohn.com slash Dan and save 15% on your first order. That's a big saving. Save 15% right now at tommyjohn.com slash Dan. tommyjohn.com slash Dan. Don't wait. All right, Joe, let's go. Okay, so let's start out with the good news Bad news, semi-bad, semi-good news, meaning could go either way news. Um, Listen, even if Biden pulls this out, 
ladies and gentlemen, he's screwed. I'm giving you the facts right now because the facts are going to matter. You're not going to get them from any journalists who totally failed us last night. PJ Media has a great piece I'll have up at the show notes today. You can access the show notes by going to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, even if Joe Biden wins, he's totally screwed. That's literally the title of the piece. Well, not literally, because I read it out of uh, the literally, because, you know, I hate that word. The good news is that Biden is screwed, even if he wins by David Goldman. What does Goldman mean by this? You know, Paula's, Paula said to me this morning, she said, you know, I want to go back to watching Amigas y Rivales. And when we first met, Paula was, he read a lot of Us magazine and was interested in her job and, you know, interested in politics, but not like we are now. We're now we're obsessed with it. it's our job. It's our livelihood. And she's like, I can't. Her stomach is torn up. She she loves Donald Trump. She loves um, politics. She loves this country. She loves everything it stands for. She's an immigrant here. So it means so much to her. And she's broken up. She's sitting right there. So I, I feel bad talking about her. And I didn't tell her I was going to bring her up on the show, but she's broken up like a lot of you are. But ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you know, you, you can't refreeze uh, that ice cube. Once it melts and the entropy kicks in, you can't refreeze it. The particles go everywhere. You can't stuff that genie back in the bottle. Once you become involved in politics and saving your country and you bleed for it, you emotionally bleed for it. Some people physically bleed and die for it. You can't go back. You can't turn that off. I know you're hurting right now, but I want to give you a bit of good news. If Biden wins, he is totally screwed. Why? What do I mean? Folks, we are going to hold the United States Senate, the Republican Party. There seems very little doubt at that point. At this point, we, we will hold it with between 51 and potentially 53 seats, which for liberals listening, that's a majority. Even if Joe Biden happens to win the White House and Kamala Harris is the vice president is the tiebreaker. If we win 52, 53 seats, 52 looks pretty likely like now as Republicans, we can still lose a vote and still block most of what Joe Biden's going to do. Now, if I'm trying to give you the bad news first, we can give you the you know good news later and leave you on a good note on a, on a, on a really tough, feels like a Monday because it was such a long day, but on this really tough Wednesday. <clears throat> If Mitch McConnell holds the Senate together, which looks likely, we've shown no evidence of the past, we can block almost all of Biden's appointees. Because remember, the the, uh, the 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 Democrats are not going to have the vote. They're not going to have a 60 vote to do anything. They're not even going to have a majority. 60 votes they need for legislation because of the filibuster. But remember, for Biden's appointees, say he tries to appoint crazy left-wing lunatic judges, Biden would need 50 plus the tiebreaker. He's not going to get that. He's not going to have 50. He could have as few as 47 Democrats. Do you understand what I'm telling you? He's not going to be able to get any signature stuff through. Not Puerto Rican statehood, not Washington, D.C. statehood, not packing the courts. They're not going to go anywhere with constitutional amendments, which wouldn't necessarily be Biden, would be the whole country. They're, none of that's going to go through. The Green New Deal, the tax hikes, McConnell can block everything. Everything. It will be the cooling chamber. Now, that's the semi-good news. The bad news is Biden obviously would still have a heavy hand over foreign policy. We'll probably see a bunch of disastrous new negotiations with the death to America Iranians. We'll probably see a full-blown attack on Israel and elsewhere. I don't mean a attack like a war attack. I mean a political attack on Israel because, you know, the Democrats have gone, you know, full anti-Israel. But he will not get any of his signature stuff through. We are not going to lose the Senate. 
They, the, I mean, people like the New York Times and pollsters, who I'll get to, too, had the chances of us losing the Senate at 75 percent. It's highly likely Biden will only win 48 seats in the Senate. He needs 50 if he wins the presidency. Plus, Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not going to have it. Good piece of good news, number one. Piece of good news, number two. Obviously, a little older, but now appropriate more than ever if, if, if Biden pulls this out. We have a 5-4 conservative majority on the Supreme Court. It's not a 6-3. It's not 6-3. John Roberts, for the thousandth time, is a liberal. Forget John Roberts. John Roberts has ruined the whole election by letting Pennsylvania count, uh, count votes into the next election. John Roberts is a disgrace to the bench. He's a total disaster. We're better off with a liberal over there. You probably get more luck. We do have a 5-4 conservative majority in the Supreme Court. So when the Democrats sue like they always do and the case makes it to the Supreme Court, they are probably going to lose. Combine that with the fact that Mitch McConnell can keep seats open as long as he wants because they don't have the numbers to appoint liberal judges because they need 51 senators for confirmation and the Democrats aren't going to have it. We could have a bulwark. We could have a wall to stop Biden. One additional piece of good news, although this is going to be fluid over the next few days, so don't go anywhere for the show. We were going to record some last night because I got really excited. But once Arizona tipped, we were in a lot of trouble. But the good news is the House, it looks like we're going to pick up seats in the House. How many is up in the air? The House of Representatives. We needed 17 to get Nancy Pelosi out of there. That's not going to happen. But we are going to pick up seats. Combine that with the fact, which I'll get to in a minute, too, that identity politics took a huge hit in the cojones last night. Swing state Democrats up in the who are up in midterm elections coming up next in 2022. Swing state Democrats, believe me, see what happened last night. I don't know if you heard about what happened in South Florida. I'll get to that in a little while, too. South Florida, there was a, a, a revolt among Hispanic Americans. A revolt for the Republican Party. Swing state Democrats aren't stupid. So the House majority has now been trimmed down significantly and swing state Democrats aren't dumb. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a bunch of Jeff Van Drew types Democrats that either flip over to the Republican Party potentially or or start voting with the Republicans on a lot of issues, totally walling off another avenue for the Democrats to pass their AOC agenda. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm trying to give you some good news. Not here to lie to you. I'm with you. Believe me, I'm an activist at heart. My heart got torn out last night after Arizona. I can't believe what happened in Arizona. I, I, I can't. So what's worrying me right now? Why do I keep saying if Biden wins? I know I want to be optimistic, but I want to be realistic too. We do have a path. But Democrats seem to have a plan the whole time. And that plan seems to be working out beautifully, folks. The plan was this. Do you notice Trump was ahead in just about every swing state that mattered? Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia. And what happened? It looks like they needed to stop the political momentum. Because what you don't want is you don't want another Al Gore. Follow me here. Joe, if this doesn't make sense, please come in here and stop me. Okay. You don't want another Al Gore, George Bush 2000 scenario. No. Where Democrats to this day believe Al Gore conceded too soon. Remember the recount, Florida, hanging chads? You all remember that, right? The election was in dispute all the way through December. 
the Democrat, Al Gore, was actually going out to give a speech to concede. The Democrats to this day think that was a huge mistake. They think it, it stopped the momentum. And they think if Gore would have come out and give a speech saying he believes he won, we're going to, whatever, count every vote. They only want to count Gore votes, not Bush votes, by the way. But count every vote. They believe to this day it would have shifted the media attention, put political pressure on Bush, and they could have won that race, even though they were never ahead in Florida ever. I'm just telling you what the Democrats think. You tracking me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you get me? The media yeah. attention and how you portray yourself as a winner is just as important for legal cases on votes and everything else as the actual vote count. So what did Biden do last night? Did you catch it? Yes. <laughs> Biden came out before everybody went to sleep and gave a speech saying, and we're going to win Georgia and this is great and everything looks good yep. because he doesn't want to repeat what the Democrats perceive to be Gore's mistake of looking weak on election night. So their strategy now is crystal clear. Listen and listen good. Axe hand, no finger. Axe hand. Their strategy is clear. Stop the political momentum and the political, political bleeding. Even if the vote count is in your favor right away. By pressuring networks not to call states that that Florida wasn't called until what, 10, 30, 11 is was inexcusable. Stop the political bleeding so the media attention can turn to no, no, Biden looks like the guy. That way, if there's a court case later, public pressure is wrap this up. Right, Joe, as Joe always said, move on, right? Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Move on.org. But Trump, Trump, Trump's ahead in the vote. Move on.org. Move on. Move on. Now, it doesn't matter. Biden said he won. States aren't called yet. Georgia should be called. Georgia should be called right now. So should North Carolina. Trump's ahead. Stop the bleeding. Step one. Forget the vote count. Stop counting in, uh, in, in uh, urban areas and around them. Stop the counting. What do you mean stop the counting? They stopped the counting? Did you miss it? Luckily, I stayed up last night. A lot of you had to go to work. I totally understand. What happened? Philadelphia. Fulton County in and around Atlanta, Detroit. When Trump was ahead in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, respectively, the major urban areas, oh, they stopped counting. Stop the bleeding. Stop Trump's political momentum now so we can make the moveon.org case and engage in a street fight, not a legal one. Remember the transition integrity project? Oh, the plan is coming. They told yeah. us what they were going to do. Not a legal one. Don't rely on the pundits or anyone. Make it a street fight. Public pressure to move on. Biden won this. Yeah, but the vote count isn't in your favor. Don't worry. We'll fix that. Trump's ahead. Stop the bleeding. Step two, stop counting the votes in and around the urban areas because Trump was ahead. Step three, you're figuring out now. You woke up in the morning. Many of you on the West Coast are listening to my show early at eight o'clock and you're like, what happened? Trump was ahead last night. Now you're here. What? Trump is behind and has no path to victory. Did you see at four o'clock in the morning, Eastern and, and uh, was it three o'clock Central time? There was a major voting dump. In one case in Michigan, 138,000 votes for Biden, zero for Trump. What happened with those votes? I don't know. I'd like to find out. Fair enough. We want fair elections, right? I'm not alleging anything. I'm telling you, I want to hear what happened with those votes. We went to sleep in Michigan in great shape. 
Four o'clock and five o'clock in the morning, big voter dumps come out in Pennsylvania, Michigan. We find out all of a sudden Trump's in real trouble. Why at four o'clock in the morning? You see the strategy? Trump is ahead in the swing states. Stop the bleeding. Stop the counting. Dump votes at four o'clock in the morning. Everybody wakes up. Political pressures for Trump to concede. It's over, folks. It's over. He can't possibly win. No, he can. He can possibly win. So here's the path I see now. It's not a great one, but it is a path. We need Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, without Pennsylvania, the race is over. Without Pennsylvania, the race is over. Now, we need Pennsylvania and something. I'm going to give you the end something in a minute, but let's for a minute throw our horse blinders on and let's focus on Pennsylvania because if we lose Pennsylvania, there, there is no mathematical chance of victory at all. President Trump at this point is up pretty handily in Pennsylvania. He's up by about 600,000 votes. There are over a million votes left to count in Pennsylvania. A lot of them are from heavily Democratic areas. Those votes need to break about 65% plus in Biden's favor for Biden to win. That's possible. Possible. And I don't want to say unlikely, but maybe unlikely, hedging unlikely. Pennsylvania, I would still rather be Trump than I'd rather be Biden. The Democrats understand that, that it's all about Pennsylvania, because if Pennsylvania, now Trump needs Pennsylvania and something. Biden really does. Biden wins Pennsylvania. All avenues are, are done. Even CNN has recognized this fact, saying that Biden's in a little bit of trouble in Pennsylvania. So here's John King last night acknowledging that, hey, listen, this doesn't look great for Biden and PA. So we'll see what happens. But check this out. The math is pretty steep. And so here's what's interesting. We need to watch and we need to be transparent. If they have 1.4 million left and the president's up by 673,000 votes and change, Joe Biden's going to have to win ballpark 75 percent of these votes. Now, Right now, he's not doing that statewide, but these are mail-in votes. These are mail-in votes, and we do know that he was disproportionately winning. Democrats were disproportionately winning the mail-in vote. The question is, can he win it somewhere in the ballpark of 75%? We say 1.4 million. It's a rough number because we're getting the numbers from county to county. But if it's in this ballpark, and that's the president's lead right now, Joe Biden's going to have to win somewhere in the area, close to 75% of those ballots to catch up. Can he do that? We're going to have to see and count. That's a steep hill. That's, even though it's CNN, that's sound analysis by John King. He's not wrong. Biden's got a steep hill to climb in Pennsylvania. So you should probably be saying right now, Dan, that's great news. We look great in Pennsylvania. Good in Pennsylvania. I want to say great. The hyperbole is not going to help us right now. It is good news. The problem is we need Pennsylvania and something else. Assuming President Trump pulls out Georgia and North Carolina, which look likely. If we do win Pennsylvania, we still have Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada outstanding. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you the bad news, good news again. We need Pennsylvania and one of those. Michigan and Wisconsin right now don't look promising. That's assuming that there's not heavy voter fraud either. Why? A lot of the outstanding votes are from counties that won heavily for Hillary Clinton in Michigan and Double whammy, a lot of those outstanding votes are still mail-in ballots, which skew pretty heavily Democratic. 
Wisconsin and Michigan are close. I'm not throwing in the towel on either one. The president could still pull it out. We don't know what's going to happen in Wayne County. But it's tough. And I'd be lying to you if I said otherwise. Now, you may say, Dan, that sounds apocalyptic. Well, it's not yet, because even if President Trump wins Pennsylvania and loses Michigan and Wisconsin, there is still another pathway for the president. That pathway is Nevada. Listen, this is no time for, hey, look at me. I told you this. Um, But I did tell you to keep your eyes on Nevada only because I have family there. And my family was telling me that Nevada is competitive, even though pretty much no one else was saying that. And I had told you multiple times, keep your eyeballs on Nevada and Virginia. Virginia, which was competitive up till late in the night. Folks, a lot of the younger workers out in Nevada are terrified the casinos are going to close down if Joe Biden gets in office and institutes a national lockdown. There was a revolt in Nevada. Nevada right now, President Trump is within 8,000 votes with 75% of the vote counted roughly, meaning a quarter of the vote is still outstanding. The good news is a lot of that vote is from around the state and not necessarily the Democrat-leaning areas. He has to make up about 8,000 votes. So I gave you the bad news first. Michigan and Wisconsin don't look good, but they're not unwinnable. The good news is Pennsylvania looks okay, looks good. And Nevada looks 50-50. If he wins Pennsylvania, President Trump and Nevada, the race is over. The race is over. Let me get to my second sponsor and go back to some not so great news. So you have a full spectrum of what happened last night. I want to talk about Arizona next and the sellouts who really, really, really did significant damage to the country last night, could not put aside their personal grievances. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our friends, ladies and gentlemen, at LifeLock. Secure your identity, folks. We have news yet of another, another cyber attack. This time, the victim was Barnes & Noble. The breach potentially exposed customer data, including email addresses, billing and shipping addresses, telephone numbers, and transaction histories. The attack also impacted its Nook ebook services. Some customers have been unable to access their Nook libraries. Their previous purchases have disappeared and others were unable to log into the firm's online platform. It's critical to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your lives. Every day you put your information at risk on the internet. Folks, I've told you this. I had my identity stolen. It was a disaster. It took me a year to clean up. I had to cancel my credit card account. They were threatening to impact my credit. I got LifeLock. That was years ago. I've had LifeLock forever. I have it for my whole family too. You could miss a certain identity threats by only monitoring your credit. That's why we have LifeLock. LifeLock helps uh, detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. You're not going to be able to find that. I don't even know where the dark web is. LifeLock does. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get them on my phone in a form of a text. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can see threats you may miss on your own. Join now, save up to 25% of your first year. It's an invaluable service worth every penny. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Again, lifelock.com slash Bongino. Thanks, Lifelock, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. All right, folks. So I told you the path. The path right now, the most likely path is Pennsylvania and Nevada. By the way, thank you to uh, people from Nevada, conservatives, Republicans, libertarians, and angry Democrats who took a stand. Even if we do lose Nevada, you did the right thing. 
stood up for freedom and liberty. That was not a state really anybody expected to go potentially red. Folks, Arizona hurt us last night bad. I don't know what we're doing wrong in Arizona. I don't know who the leadership is. Listen, this isn't the time to kick around blame, but you know, folks, I ran for office three times. When you lose, it's on you. I admire people who put their names on the ballot. It takes a lot of guts. Don't get me wrong. But my gosh, I mean, you know, what what happened over there? We've now had one candidate there for Senate that's lost both seats to Democrats. We now have what used to be a blood red state with two Democratic senators who, you know, last night, I'm not totally sold in Arizona yet. I'm 98% away there, but looks like they voted for Joe Biden. What is going on in Arizona? Folks, it is not an understatement if President Trump wins Pennsylvania to say Arizona cost us the election. If President Trump wins Pennsylvania and would have won Arizona, the race is over. The race is over. Uh, candidly, I'm not, and again, this is, I know the, to the, uh, the, the residents of Arizona who busted their butts, my heart goes out to you. You have my utmost respect. But to the liberals and the Democrats and the Republican turncoats in Arizona who voted potentially Joe Biden in office, like Cindy McCain, we now have a McCain family. God rest the man's soul. I don't speak ill of the dead, but he was a politician who affected my life and his political record. I'm not going to get into his personal life. It's fair game. Thank you for your service. Having said that, you single-handedly, the McCain family, saved Obamacare and may have saved the Joe Biden presidency. Remember McCain's infamous, we needed one vote to get rid of Obamacare and its disastrous government mandates. And McCain, remember this one? Voted it down. It's political records, fair game, folks. It affects your life. Respect the man's service. The man's record was a disaster. Ran an awful presidential campaign, too. Cindy McCain comes out and endorses Joe Biden. Was that dispositive in the race? I don't know. Did it help Donald Trump? No. I get it. You don't like each other. Donald Trump's attitude and machismo may bother you. I know that you didn't like what he said about your husband. I personally, I don't blame you. So you endorse the guy who's going to terminate life in the womb, hike your taxes, destroy the economy, lock it down, ran on the Bernie Sanders unity platform of the Green New Deal. And that's your idea of principal conservatism. And we're supposed to stay. Well, I'm sorry. It's the McCain's. You can't say anything bad. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm saying something true. Arizona cost us this election, potentially. And whatever happened in Arizona, we better get it together over there. As I said to Paula last night, we need a series of states in our column in national presidential elections that if they're not there, make presidential elections increasingly difficult to win. Those states used to be Colorado, Virginia, Arizona, Nevada. Ladies and gentlemen, those states could be gone now for the foreseeable future. You understand there's no path to win then. There is no path. If we don't stop the bleeding, we'd have to convert Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan back to red. 
doing that permanently seems unlikely. We lost Minnesota. We have to do a better job. It's not good enough for us to say, well, Californians are moving into our, they are. We get it. But that's, we can't give up. The Democrats don't give up. Folks, I want you to put something in that search engine. Whatever it is, duck, duck, go, bing. Don't use Google. Whatever search engine, I don't even care. I want you to put these words in there. The Colorado Project. The Colorado Blueprint. This was the Democrats' plan a decade ago to take away those anchor Republican states from the Republican Party so they'd have to fight elsewhere. And the plan is working. They did it in Colorado, which won overwhelmingly for Biden. Let's say Colorado used to be a reliably red state. They're doing it in Nevada, and now they're doing it in Arizona. It's not good enough. We can't give up there. But gosh, am I disappointed in the Democrats there. And listen, you got to run better campaigns on Martha McSally. So I lost. I took a beating for it. It happens. I'm really sorry. But you now lost two Senate seats that were very winnable. I don't know who the consultants were, but you can't just say the same line over and over again. You, you can't do that. Probably cost us votes there too. You got to run better campaigns. You have to. I don't speak with forked tongue. I've been there. All right, let's move on to talk about the pollsters. Ladies and gentlemen, the polling last night was a disaster. It's a little bit of good news. Here's a little bit of good news. I'm getting traffic and a lot of it from insiders up in the Hill and in the D.C. establishment. Passed now, keep in mind, passed through others. So you're getting it through a filter. But that no matter what happens with Biden, again, I'm not making this up to put lipstick on anything, folks. It could be a rough night. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing because you need to know the facts. You're not going to get them from the mainstream media that the Democrats up on the Hill are in a panic right now. They all were fully invested in the polling outfits that predicted the blue wave. There was no blue. It wasn't even a blue trickle. There was that blue toilet bowl water from the the, uh, the outdoor porta potty. That's all they had. They lost. Looks like they lost seats in the House, and if anything, they'll gain one, maybe two seats in the Senate. Not only that, they wasted hundreds of millions of dollars on two Senate races in Kentucky and South Carolina, with Harrison and McGrath against McConnell and Lindsey Graham, respectively, and got annihilated. They lost by 10 points plus in each race. They're panicking up on Capitol Hill because they're realizing right now that their Green New Deal and liberal agenda went up in smoke no matter who wins. They're also panicking, ladies and gentlemen, for two other important reasons. We'll go into reason one first and reason two in a few minutes. Reason one, They were relying on polling to sway this election. Ladies and gentlemen, the polls were laughable. The Washington Post poll was that had uh, President Trump losing Wisconsin by 17 points a week ago. (laughs) Good call. Quinnipiac, respected polling outfit Quinnipiac. Did you look at their numbers the day before the election? Florida going handily to Biden. He lost by three points. 
Polling is dead. Now, having said that, polling is not dead. For Robert Cahaley and the Trafalgar Group, who we had a guest on our election special, which now I suggest you go back and listen, who pretty much nailed within the margin of error every single state. Within the margin of error. But polling for Democrat, liberal-leaning organizations who are using polls to kill President Trump's political momentum, nobody will trust the polls anytime in the foreseeable future. Polling is pretty much dead. Rest in peace. Punditry's dead too, the P people. Remember all the CNN, MSNBCers, ABC, CBS? Trump's going to lose by 4,250 votes. Uh, excuse me, percentage points. It's over. Mm -hmm. Double-digit win for Biden, no matter what happens. All of that was, in fact, wrong. Media punditry on the left and some on the right, reputations will be permanently damaged now forever because they not only got it wrong once in 2016, Joe, they got it wrong twice now in 2020. Yep. This was not a blue wave. This was not even close to a Biden blowout. Matter of fact, it hasn't even been called yet. Trump can still win this. And it's not a small, infinitesimally small possibility either. So you have the P people struggling tonight. Pollsters, pundits, and who else? Politicians. Listen to me. I'm going to get to the pollsters again in a second. I have a tweet showing you how badly, how badly the polls were off. How badly Trump overperformed the polls. But before I get to that, I want to get to the third branch, the P people, the politicians. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats went all in on a few things. They went all in on the squad, the Green New Deal, the unity agenda with Bernie Sanders. They went all in on defending socialism. Remember, they wouldn't even call out socialism. They went all in on defund the police, Antifa, BLM. And they went all in on identity politics. White supremacists everywhere, knocking down your door. They're going to burn your house down. Ah! People in the street were like, I don't really see that happening anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, that strategy blew up in spectacular fashion for them. Florida was a route. What did I tell you the other day about Miami-Dade County in Florida? Hillary Clinton won Miami-Dade heavily, heavily Hispanic. 64 to 34. She won by 300,000 votes in South Florida. I told you Donald Trump and the Republicans were ahead in Miami-Dade and voter registrations that show up. President Trump only lost Miami-Dade by about 100,000 votes. He made up huge ground. There was a revolt in South Florida amongst Hispanics against the Democrat Party. And ladies and gentlemen, the repercussions are going to be long-lasting. The Democrats are seeing their dreams of a permanent majority through minority voters being exclusively in their corner evaporate and dissolve like an Alka-Seltzer tablet, just like that. President Trump performed spectacularly with minority voters. We lost some white voters. That's the problem. But the Democrats' dreams of playing identity politics forever, the white supremacists are coming for you, vote for us, died a horrible death last night. And make no mistake, the Democrats are panicked about it. Because if this trend continues, they're going to be in real, real trouble. Let's go to this Josh Jordan tweet about just how badly the polls were off. He says, hey, we're not final yet, of course. This guy's the number cruncher. But look at how, let's look at how much Trump overperformed the real clear politics averages in swing states. 
Ohio, Trump did better than plus seven points. Wisconsin, plus six. Iowa, plus six. Texas, plus five. Florida, plus four and a half. North Carolina, plus one. Georgia, plus one. Arizona, minus two. Minnesota, minus two. He says, this could be end up being, this is really the kicker. This could end up being a much worse night for polling than even 2016, which is pretty remarkable. Polling is dead. Stick a fork in it for now. Unless you listen to Trafalgar, you had a pretty good idea of how this race was going to go. Who, again, when you look at their margins of error, nailed it. Again. All right, let me get to my third sponsor. And on the other side, I've got some video. I want to I do this segment. Um, this is going to be a segment that's bifurcated, but they're both... This was a huge blow last night for identity politics. The white supremacists are coming for you. Trump's a racist. I'm going to explain to you how that is now dying a, 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 a long overdue death vis-a-vis what happened in Florida. Because what happened in Florida right now has the Democrats panicking, believe me. If Florida is not a swing state anymore, they're in charge, at least for the foreseeable future. Right? Today's show brought to you by our friends. You hear them at the beginning of every show, ExpressVPN. Have you ever wondered why internet access is so much cheaper these days, like 30 to 40 bucks a month? It's because internet service providers like Comcast or AT&T aren't just making money off subscription fees. They're also making money from spying on your internet activity and selling your history and data to big tech companies. Did you know that? So what's the best way to make sure that 100% of your data, yours, you own it, is encrypted? It's your data. And that your internet provider can't get a hold of it? You guessed it, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server. It blocks your internet provider from seeing everything you do online. Surf the web in peace. All they can see is that you're connected to an ExpressVPN server, but nothing beyond that. It's not just for your phone or computer. ExpressVPN works on all of your devices, even on your tablets. Smart TVs, even your router, so your entire family can stay protected always. I can't stress this enough. ExpressVPN is super easy to use and protects your online activity from prying eyeballs. Just open up the app, tap one button to connect, and that is it. Your data is your business, no one else's. Protect it at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. You'll also get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. Thanks, ExpressVPN. We appreciate it. So last night, a little bit of good news flipping back and forth here. The Democrat strategy of calling every single Republican they can get their mitts on a racist and a white supremacist blew up spectacularly last night. If every Republican you know was a racist and a white supremacist, then you might be asking yourself why President Trump lost ground with the white vote and gained dramatically with the black vote and the Hispanic vote. I'm, I'm just. I'm, uh, if President Trump is a white supremacist, he is, in fact, the most incompetent white supremacist in human history. Did you hear what I tell you? What I told you? President Trump lost ground with white voters and gained ground with Hispanics and black voters. Here was a text of a political commentator down here in Florida, Mark Caputo. has <laughs> some interesting history, but nonetheless, we've uh, buried that hatchet a long time ago. He got a text last night from a top Democrat, 
put this out on social media, so I'm not sharing anything he didn't share himself. This is, he didn't say who the Democrat was, but this is an actual text. You can see it if you want to see the video, rumble.com slash Bongino. So the top Democrat in Florida says, quote, we must have gotten obliterated by Hispanics. I assume the worst case was plus 15. Defund the police killed us. We came out strong for BLM and then saw the Hispanics push back and went lukewarm. We got killed with both demos. That's a Democrat texting a political commentator, uh, writer, reporter down here in Florida. That's a Democrat. You know, if I may quote Ms. Paula again, who happens to be Colombian, she said to me, you know, it's so incredible how these Democrats, I'm sorry if I'm not getting your exact quote right, Paula, but how they talk to Hispanics like we're all stupid. Paula's quote, not mine, but she's right. How you treat them like the Borg from Star Trek, like a bunch of automatons that think with a single brain, like a hive mind. Hispanics, wow, they must hate the cops. So let's run on defunding the police. Uh, a lot of Hispanic men and women are cops, uh, number one. And number two, uh, the majority of Hispanic men and women I know down here in Florida, because there's a whole lot, I happen to be man uh, married to one of them. Uh, they're not really into the whole street chaos, no cops thing. Joe, just throwing that out there. Uh, Newsflash. I know that's a shocker to you. I know you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stunned. <laughs> the Democrats had me tricked. Messing with you, of course. But talking to black and Hispanic voters like they're morons was probably not a great strategy. Not only did President Trump perform incredibly in South Florida with Cuban voters, Colombian voters, Venezuelan voters, and others, he also overperformed in Northern Florida, Osceola County and elsewhere, where there's a large number of Puerto Rican voters. He did not win them as a demo, but he did very very well, gaining about 10 points in support. I thought he was a white supremacist. <laughs> Here's another winner from the moron Democrats who couldn't figure out they were going to lose badly in South Florida. Joe, this is crazy, but they thought this was a good idea, Democrats, to back Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the defund the police, burn down your buildings crowd. And a lot of them showed up in South Florida. This was from uh, Caputo's feed as well. With Che Guevara flags. <laughs> Here was a, uh, what is this? Looks like a Facebook post from Free State with Alex. This weekend in the Brickell area of Miami. Look at the flag, folks. Che Guevara. Now, for the liberals who have a very limited view of history, Che Guevara was a mass murderer in Cuba who probably murdered some of the family members of some of the Cubans who fled to South Florida to get away from socialism. I'm not sure it's a great idea to be running around with a Che Guevara flag. Hey, look at this guy. What a hero. Really? He killed my grandfather. Oh, sorry. Kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird, yeah, no? Kind of weird. Why do I always tell you, folks, that liberals, what I say about their skulls? Six inches thick? vibranium like Wolverine from the X-Men coated skulls where facts can't get in. You thought it was a good idea to go down to South Florida, riot, promote socialism amongst Cubans and Venezuelans who just escaped this disaster, run Che Guevara flags and tell them you want to defund the police. Brilliant trip. Well, well done, Democrat. You guys are really, you guys, eye on the prize, folks. You think I'm the only one who knows this, by the way? Or Caputo? You don't think Democrats up on the Hill 
aren't walking into Nancy Pelosi's office now going, hey, this whole AOC defund the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Che Guevara thing, ah, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. You think they're stupid? No, 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 no. They're not stupid. I thought they weren't stupid enough to develop the battle plan. Stop the counting when Trump's ahead. Do a dump at 4 a.m. in the morning. Stop the political bleeding. Declare victory. Pretty smart strategy, no? Treacherous. But don't ever underestimate your political opponents. The Democrats are not dumb. They know exactly what they're doing. And believe me when I tell you, they know last night in South Florida was an epic disaster. They're already, ladies and gentlemen, trying to spin what happened in South Florida. Be aware of the narratives. The narratives, not the truth, the narratives. How? Because they can't accept the fact in the media. Believe me, the Democrats behind the scene are accepting it. But the media can't accept the fact that Hispanic voters may be flipping to the Republican Party. Of course, it has to be, Joe, Russia or some other stupid mm. narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So be prepared. Here's going to be the narrative in the coming days. Because even if Biden wins, this was a bloodbath in Florida. Hispanic voters, let me translate the narrative for you. You all are really stupid. This is the Democrats. You're really dumb. This is where this came from with Paula, by the way. And you fell for a misinformation campaign because you're all really stupid. That's dinner. You don't believe me? Here's CBS. Check this out. We've heard the president for almost four years talk about how Joe Biden and Democrats would enact socialist policies in this country. To a lot of Americans, that kind of goes over their head. But remind us why that resonates so much in South Florida and why it could be affecting Biden's chances tonight. Well, you, you know, that has been a message throughout with Cuban-Americans. It has resonated with Cuban-Americans. But this time, the message was much stronger. There was a lot of disinformation in radio stations in, in Miami, in, in Spanish-language media there. And they really scared people uh, into socialism. And especially now Venezuelans. Venezuelans only 2% of the vote, the Latino vote. However, they are coming out in larger numbers. So it really is the turnout that is being effective. You also have Central Americans. You also have Colombians. So that, that's why it's resonating so much. Another reason besides the anti-socialism message is, is the violence. A lot of people fear the violence. So law and order is also a huge issue for them. Do you hear it? Hat tip Newsbusters Air Media Research Center. CBS last night, a lot of Spanish language radio stations, Joe in South Florida. It was disinformation about socialism. It was disinformation. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Did you not know that? <laughs> Self-professor. It's not a slur on Bernie Sanders. Socialism is a slur on humankind. That's Bernie Sanders is a socialist. When Bernie Sanders lost to Joe Biden, instead of Joe Biden having his sister soldier moment and saying, I'm not with this socialist clown. They have, look it up yourself on the interweb, the Biden-Sanders unity agenda. Don't take my word for it. Just look it up. Joe Biden partnered up with a socialist. What's the misinformation? What, what, what am I missing? What's the misinformation? Joe Biden's team has a unity agenda online you can read with a self-professed socialist. You think Cubans and Venezuelans are stupid? Do you? You know, in the neighborhood we used to live in, my neighbor's Cuban. They're also diehard Trump supporters. He's a medical professional. I don't want to say what he does because you'll go burn down his business. He's not stupid. He's a very wealthy, successful medical professional. He's not dumb. Democrats talk to Hispanic voters like they're morons. We don't. 
And that's why they're coming over to the Republican Party in droves. It was a disinformation campaign that Democrats are socialists. No, it was a link to Bernie Sanders, Biden's unity agenda on Biden's own website. That's what killed them in South Florida. But get ready for the narrative. It's all disinformation. Next thing, Joe, I'm telling you, it'll be the Russians promoted the disinformation. That'll be next. Don't laugh. I'm telling you, it'll be next. <laughs> you just laughed. <laughs> I'm messing with you. All right, let me get to my final sponsor. I got more. Huge shocker in South Florida again. But keep this under the umbrella. I don't want to make this specifically a Florida story for I live It's a bigger story. It's about the Democrats' identity politics. You're a racist agenda dying a very slow, painful death here. And last night, that death being accelerated. I got more video ahead. Al Sharpton, too, chiming in. You know, Al, genius. What a political analyst he is. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Podium. Business owners, did you know that 97% of text messages get open? 97%. And 90% are opened within three minutes. You have to be texting. If you're not texting your customers, you're out of the game. If you're spending time on the phones, scheduling appointments, then you need Podium. If you're sending invoices in the mail, you need Podium. If you're in a tight battle with your competition, you need Podium. If you need to convert more sales from your website, you definitely need Podium. What is it? Podium is a business messaging tool that gets you off the phone and into texting. Podium brings all of your messages into one centralized inbox that your whole team can access, empowering you to save time while responding to customers faster. This is key. Here's what Podium's doing. They're helping doctors notify patients when it's time for them to come inside for their appointments. They're helping mortgage brokers, insurance agents, and lawyers too. Podium is helping retailers offer curbside pickup and hands-free payment. Whatever your business does, Podium can and will help you. Podium customers have seen fantastic results recently. A plumbing company converted 16% of the web traffic into leads. It'll change your business. There's real money involved here. I'm teaming up with them for a special offer. For a limited time, sign up for 20% off your plan. 20%. They're so confident that if Podium doesn't make your business better within 90 days, they'll send you a $150 Amazon gift card for the holidays. You can't beat that. Go to podium.com slash Dan to get started. That's 20% off if you go to Podium, P-O-D-I-U-M.com slash Dan. That's podium.com slash Dan. Go today. Again, identity politics last night. You're a racist agenda. The Democrats is dying. A major rebuke last night. Listen to this. This is a um, cut from CBS last night, too, about two House seats in Miami. Check this out. CBS 4's Jim DeFitti joins us now. And Jim, what are the numbers telling you at this hour? Uh, the numbers are telling me that Republicans are poised now to win and pick up two congressional seats in Miami-Dade County, a proposition that many thought was unheard of. You didn't hear about that, did you? Florida not only went overwhelmingly for Trump as Hispanic Americans in South Florida revolted against the, you know, uh, death to America, Iranian supporting uh, Democrat Party and the Venezuela Cuban supporting Democrats. We also picked up two House seats. Carlos Jimenez and uh, Maria Salazar won last night. From the Democrats, Donna Shalala lost. So did Debbie Murasal. Not only that, we picked up some State House seats in Florida, too. The media was stunned by this last night. Nobody saw that coming. For the worst hot takes on this, let's go to the captain of the worst hot takes boat every single time. Uh, MSNBC, which put on 
clown show, Al Sharpton, last night. Um, Al Sharpton had some analysis, too. Again, listen to the narrative, how the narrative is starting to shift. Check this out. You have, like, in Miami-Dade, I think it was George pointing out, a large uh, Cuban influence uh, in terms of Cuban voters who look more uh, uh, to the propaganda that we're dealing with socialism and all that offset a large black turnout. Uh, so Georgia and North Carolina, I think a lot of the investment... Barack Obama going to Metro Atlanta. I think we could see something uh, in terms of the presidential level. I think in both cases, though, in Georgia, in terms of the Senate races, we may be looking at runoffs. There you go. Big Al chiming in with his genius, his unparalleled genius, that you Cubans were just too stupid and you fell for the propaganda about socialism. What do you mean? Like linking to Biden's website? where he has a unity agenda with an actual socialist who calls himself a socialist? I'm just asking. You mean like that, that kind of stuff? But leave it up to Big Al. No one better at humiliating himself on TV. Here's Jameel Hill, another walking disaster, who apparently can't read the exit polls or any of the numbers. Do we have that? Oh, I missed that. The exit. We still have that, Paula, that tweet with the exit polls? You have that? I, I skipped right past that. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Jameel Hill, who can't read exit polls and doesn't obviously have any comprehension of or any basic political analytical skills whatsoever. Uh, Jameel Hill tweeted this last night. The white people, you did it. At Jameel Hill on Twitter. If Trump wins re-election, it's on white people. No one else. Okay. Jameel can't read. Here's the exit polls on Hispanics who are not white. From at political uh, poll, at political polls at political polling numbers or p polling numbers. Hispanic voters per early 2020 exit polls. Florida in 2016, they were plus 27 for Clinton in 2020, plus eight for Biden. Wow, doesn't sound like a lot of white people there. Georgia Hispanic voters in 2016 went plus 40 for Clinton, went plus 25 for Biden in 2020. Doesn't sound like a lot of white people there either. Ohio, 2016 for Clinton, Hispanic voters, plus 41. Biden, 2020, plus 24. Doesn't sound like a lot of white people there either. Now, keep in mind one important point as well, that those exit polls, as Robert Haley pointed out in our election special, noted pollster from Trafalgar, that exit polls with minority voters likely significantly understate the amount of black support because an exit poll is when you're asked a question by a pollster after you lead the polls who you vote for, who you voted for, excuse me. If you're a Hispanic voter or a black voter and you hear other people listening to you and you know how Trump has been painted in that community and you don't want to be canceled, there's a pretty strong likelihood you tell them, oh, yeah, I voted for Biden when, in fact, you voted for Trump. I would argue you could probably knock 5 to 10% off of those numbers, too. That President Trump's support in the black and Hispanic community was probably higher than even the exit poll show. But keep it up, Jamil Hill. And just keep up the racial politics. It works so well for you in Florida. Oh, the white people did it. Idiots. All right. Uh, Wall Street Journal, folks. The pollsters completely melted down last night. Folks, you cannot trust polling. I warned you about this. If I may, I'm going to tell you what I think happened. Here's a piece in the Wall Street Journal I read, which was really pretty good, summed it up well. So much for the election landslide. Trump confounds the pollsters again as the presidential race goes down to the wire. No matter what happens, the presidential race is still up in the air. This was not the prediction of any of the big polling houses, any of them, any of them, Reuters, Quinnipiac, any of them. 
what do I think happened? Ladies and gentlemen, the same thing happened that happened in 2016. I'd called the race pretty well in 2016, despite everybody thinking Trump was going to lose because I was out there running. I wasn't running in this cycle, so I don't have the activist on the ground experience I did in 2016. But quite simply, this is what happened to me. I was running in a Republican district. I had a walk list of people who had voted who were registered Republicans in the last four elections, meaning they're diehards, right? On that walk list, I would walk list to knock on doors. I passed a bunch of houses with Trump signs. Some of you have heard this story before, some of you not. Those houses with Trump signs were not on my list. Called my campaign manager, said, Maria, what are you doing? You're wasting my time. Your data is terrible. You missed all these Trump voters that are Republicans. He said, no, I didn't. They've never voted before. Sure enough, she was right. I started knocking on those doors that didn't appear on my known voter list with Trump signs. And I said, you know, you don't appear on my list here. Did you vote? Never. Are you voting in 2016? Yeah, I'm registering tomorrow. It was clear as day to me running that President Trump had a silent majority out there of people who were never going to show up in polling data because they never voted before. There was nothing to poll them on. I am convinced that's what happened again. People came out for the first time, like the woman I ran into in the pumpkin patch, and voted who didn't show up in polls because they've never voted before and voted for President Trump. That's why these disasters, ladies and gentlemen, that's why they melted down. Let me go again back to this identity politics thing because it's important. Washington Examiner has a really good piece. Be up in the show notes today. The biggest loser of 2020, identity politics. The Washington Examiner editorial board. Trying to give you some good news, folks. Let's go to a screenshot from this piece, just how badly they flamed out here on this. According to exit polls, Trump improved his national performance amongst black voters from 8% to 12%. Ladies and gentlemen, that's historic. And believe me, it understates it. Among Hispanic voters, he increased his share from 28 to 32%. Amongst Asian voters, he increased his share from 27 to 31%. Overall, on a net basis, the gap between Biden and Trump amongst non-white voters was seven points narrower than in 2016. You may be saying to yourself again, fairly enough, but it's important you leave today's show with a thorough grasp of what's going on. And how come we didn't win or didn't win yet? Because we did lose some white voters and we did lose some white suburban voters and we did not perform great amongst the women, uh, the women, female voters out there. That's why. That's not great news, but it certainly thoroughly refutes the ridiculous nonsense liberal narrative that Trump was a white supremacist. If he is a white supremacist, he is the single most incompetent white supremacist in human history who wound up losing the white vote while adding to the black and Hispanic vote. I'm just giving you the data, folks. Your identity politics, Trump is a racist nonsense, fell so completely flat. And it doesn't mean they're going to change their minds because it's just such a powerful weapon for them and the media amplifies it. But in their back rooms, they're knowing it's losing its effectiveness. Why? Because of shows like this, other podcasts out there, websites on the conservative side that eviscerate those claims every time these idiots make them. China freaked out last night for a little bit. They were a little worried their big guy might lose Biden, you know, Beijing Biden. They have in the back pocket. Look at what happened last night to the Chinese renminbi, their currency. The, the, the one. Watch it collapse as Trump started to take control of the race last night. 
You see that on the chart? Here's what it looks like, folks. Flat, 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 flat. Boom, cliff. Why did that happen? Right as Trump started to look like he was going to win. Because their guy, the big guy, Joe Biden, was in trouble last night. And a major sell-off occurred in the Chinese markets. Their currency dumped. Because Biden's their guy. The big guy. Beijing Biden and the family. The Biden crime family. You think that was a coincidence? As Trump looked like he was going to win last night before Arizona, Chinese currency market sold off. Weird, right? Kind of makes you wonder if the mainstream media had actually covered the Hunter Biden, Biden crime family fiasco, what really would have happened. You know, I'll say too to my friends, some of you listen to the show in the media, one of them tweeted, I'm not going to say who, that taking a cheap shot at President Trump. And I didn't like it. You're a friend of mine. I know who you are, but saying, oh, President Trump must be a terrible candidate. How could he lose to Biden? Are you kidding me? Or is that a joke? President Trump was dealing with Google, Facebook, YouTube, Spygate, Mueller, a, a media that would not cover any of the negative Biden crime family stories, a media that still is not reported on President Trump's campaign being spied on, any of that's on Biden's role in all this stuff. And that President Trump is still in this race is candidly miraculous. And he added to the black and Hispanic vote and brought back union Democrats. You owe this man a debt of gratitude, no matter what happens. I'm not kidding. That's not me kissing the president's ass. That's a fact. The fact that this race is even competitive is a miracle. You know, let's wrap this up. I'm a, it's been a rough day. And I think we all could use a little bit of a breather right now. But folks, the sun will rise tomorrow. None of us are going to go out and put our pink hats on and burn our neighborhoods down. We're not going to beat the crap out of our neighbors. We're not liberals. But I'll say this. If we don't win, <clears throat> and we still have a good path, but if we don't win, please, I got an email this morning already from Sky Ben who emails me a lot. I give up. That's on you, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. That's on you. I can't tell you to give up or not. But I'm sorry, that's kind of weak. It's not kind of weak, it is weak. I like your emails, I like what you write to that guy, but I got a few of these. Ah, I'm giving up. You go ahead, I got kids that have to live here. I'm not giving up on anything. Oh, Dan, you're being Pollyanna. No, I'm not being Pollyannish. I'm being a realist. What'd you think, any of this was going to be easy? I told you what the president should do, and I'll leave you with this thought and we'll run. If the president loses... He should declare himself the candidate for 2024 immediately. Shouldn't waste any time and start campaigning the minute Biden swears in. That's my humble opinion. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Keep your chins up. It's not over yet. Pennsylvania, Nevada, that's the path if we can get there. I'll be back tomorrow with all the updates you need. Really appreciate your attention. Hang in there. Subscribe to the show, please, at rumble.com slash Bongino on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. Really appreciate it. See you tomorrow morning. You just heard Dan Bongino.